Hello and welcome to A Load of BS, the podcast where we talk about all things brand strategy. My name is James and with me in the studio is digital marketing you genius need to stop Sarah Lyson. <laughs> For real. Come on, man. Sarah, you are a genius. That, well, I appreciate the, the compliment, but I'm, I'm not really any smarter than anybody else. I'm just more of a nerd. That's absolutely false. <laughs> Unreal. Unreal. This must be stopped. Okay, let's talk about some BS, man. Oh, yes. I am I am full of BS. I could talk about I BS all day know. long. I know. Guys, he's completely full of it. Coming from his sister from another mister, he is completely full of it. <laughs> yes. My mother tells me that my eyes are brown because I'm full of that. BS. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> She's not wrong. But what he really is going to talk about today and what I'm actually really curious to learn about is brand strategy. So, James, this is going to be fun. Yes, <laughs> because it will. I always like what you have to say about brand because you are full of BS, but your brand strategy is on point. And Thank I've you. always admired that. So, check it out. Brand is such a big, big concept. Yeah. And I think in order for our audience to understand brand, in terms of what we are about to talk about, maybe explain where you're coming from with brand and how you view it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's important because the word brand is used a lot by a lot of different people. By everybody. Everybody's Every- full of BS. Everybody, <laughs> yes. Everybody is full of BS, not necessarily the good kind. Right. Um, Sometimes it's straight BS. <laughs> yeah. Especially when talking about brand. Um, you know, probably the most common use for the word brand, I think, is uh people use the word brand synonymously with company. I mean, they'll say, mm. they'll refer to a company and they'll say, I really like that brand. But what they're really saying is, I, I really like that company. Mm-hmm. And there's there's more to, a, a brand is not a company. Companies have a brand, right? Um, companies influence that brand. Um, a company's brand can be good. A company's brand can be bad. And so that's probably the, the most common um, use for the word brand. Uh, other people also use it uh, to refer to a logo, which is also... Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's your logo is part of your brand, sure, but but uh, your logo is not your brand. Your brand is so much more mm-hmm. uh, than just a logo. So I, I do think... Um, I, I'm glad you brought that up because it's important to define what a brand is if you're going to start talking about mm-hmm. brand strategy. So, um, you know, probably the most popular definition of the word brand that's floating around out there... Um, comes from a man named Marty Neumeyer. He has been in the branding business for um, a very long time. Uh, and he's sort of known as, as I don't know, I would call him maybe the father of, of branding. Mm-hmm. He defines brand as a person's gut feeling about your product, service, or company. And I think he's clarified so in the future to include also your yourself because you could have a personal brand yep. um, as well. So, um and that, when you hear that, it's, I know it sounds uh, kind of vague and not as specific. Um, you know, a brand is not a deliverable. It's not something that I can just make and then give to you. Mm-hmm. And then you paid me for that. It's, it's so much more, um, there's so many intangible aspects to brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the definition that, that I go by when I talk about brand. Um, it's a gut feeling. It's not something you can control, mm-hmm. uh, but you absolutely can influence it. Definitely. And we were having a conversation about brand earlier today, which I thought brought up a lot of valid 
points. I thought you brought up a lot of valid points in terms of when you're talking about branding like a company versus branding personally um, and um, how a brand is not only outward facing, but it's inward facing. So I was just wondering, like, if you can kind of uh, expound on that a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, one, in my opinion, one significant part of a brand is your company culture, which a lot of people don't, um, they, they either don't believe that or they don't act like they believe it because, you know, there, there are examples out there of a company that you look at from the outside as a consumer or possible consumer and you have one particular feeling, you have a gut feeling about that company and that is their brand for you. But an employee of that company might have a completely different feeling about it. And I think if that's true, that that's bad. There shouldn't be that big mm-hmm. of a disconnect between your, you know, the, the way your employees feel about you versus the way your customers feel about you. Agreed. Um, you know, one popular example of that is, and I, I haven't worked for this company, so I'm just going by what I read in the news. Um, Amazon. Amazon has a fairly, I think, positive uh, brand as far as consumers go. They have uh, their customer service is typically rated very high. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I've, I remember one time my kid got on my phone and bought a bunch of music from Amazon. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know that they were paying for it. I contacted Amazon. They were really cool about it. They refunded all my money. No big deal. Um, so from a consumer standpoint, it's like, yay, Amazon. They got cheap stuff on the internet and they have good customer service. Uh, but you, when you read the news, um, it's a, the culture is apparently horrible. Oh, yeah, uh, I've heard about this, man. <laughs> Yeah, employees are unhappy. There's crazy stories about about delivery drivers peeing in plastic bottles because they don't have enough time to take a break. They have mm-hmm. too many deliveries to make. I mean, and again, this is all what I'm reading in the news. I haven't worked there, but that's a perfect example of um, a disconnect between you know because when I as a consumer when I read those stories, that affects my gut feeling. Now mm-hmm. I had you know a pretty high opinion of Amazon, and then I read stories from their employees about how they're their, what their working conditions are like. And now I'm not as excited about Amazon as I mm-hmm. used to be. And that's a problem. Um, ironically, probably uh, the flip side, the, the opposite story to that is a company called Zappos. And I say it's ironic because Amazon ended up buying Zappos for like $2 billion. But Zappos is the complete opposite of that. Their whole strategy in business is to take care of their employees. I, I read the book by Tony Shea, who was the, the CEO of that company for many years. And he says that he believes that if you take care of your employees and you make your employees happy, they will then in turn take care of and make your customers happy. Mm-hmm. And so it seems to be a completely different strategy, sort of the same outcome as far as you know customer service goes, but totally different brand. Mm-hmm. And so when I read stuff like that, when I read his book, that changed my feeling about Zappos in a positive way. I was like, I didn't care about Zappos before. And then I read his book and I read about his culture and his philosophy. And now I'm like, Oh, Zappos is a really cool company. Um, and so, you know, it'll be interesting to see if it would be interesting to see how Amazon has affected Zappos's culture since they've owned them for, it's been a few years by now. It'd be really interesting to know, is it still as fun to be a Zappos employee as it used to be? Um, you know, you'd like to think that maybe Zappos's culture rubbed off on Amazon rather than the other way around. (laughs) But who knows? Yeah. And it kind of lends itself to like other areas that we know in life um, where, uh, let's see, I I believe it was John Maxwell 
who said that the people that are closest to you, you should have their respect the most. And the same holds true in the company. The employees are the closest to you, you, you know, to making the company go, making it bigger. Um, and if you treat them well, I completely agree with that. Then a happy employee will perform. Yep. Um, so yes, totally agree with that. And that as related to brand and how that culture is so important to brand. And it's just, it's one of those invisible parts of brand that you have to flesh out and have a really good, um, knowing of, um, so that you can, you can transmit that message to your employees and to the people who seek to be a part of your company culture. Yes. Communicating your brand is very important, whether you're communicating it to your potential customers or you're communicating it to your employees because mm. your employees can, can be your, some of your biggest brand ambassadors. Um, and you know, if obviously if you're treating them well, um, if you're not treating them well, then you're just a job to them. You're, they just go there and they, they do their job and they make their money and they pay their bills and that's it. They're not out there singing your praises, but if you treat them well, um, they can be, they can basically be free marketing for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. And like just to bring you back a little bit to the company brand versus the personal brand. Um, so the company brand, we had talked about how there's a few companies out there that they have a very powerful head of the brand and the head of the brand also has a personal brand. But then you have maybe smaller players in different industries who only use personal brands. Would you want to like expound on that a little bit and your thoughts on that? Yeah, man. Personal branding is, um, you know, the the principles of branding I think are are basically the same whether you're talking about corporate branding or personal branding. Um, but there are definitely differences, and there there are just things to think about. You know, um, like if you imagine, you know, what what's the name of the CEO of a Ford Motor Company? Yeah, you don't know. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Henry Ford. What's no? the name of the, <laughs> he's the founder? Who's the <laughs> Who, what's the name of the CEO of Tesla? Oh, Elon Musk. Right. So which company? Is that right? Yes. I mean, last I heard. (laughs) Um, Excuse me. Uh, Producer Alex here. The CEO of Ford Motor Company is Jim Farley. Yeah. (laughs) No idea. I watched you Google that. (laughs) But I (laughs) definitely needed my computer to know that. (laughs) Jim Farley does not have a personal brand. I mean, he might have a following on LinkedIn or something, but nobody knows who Jim Farley is. As demonstrated. Um, I will forget that name in about 10 seconds, probably. But everybody knows who Elon Musk is. And there's pros and cons to that. Um, You know, if Elon Musk wanted to start another business, uh, he probably wouldn't have a whole lot of trouble getting funded for that because everybody knows who Elon Musk is. They've watched him build Tesla. They're watching him build uh, SpaceX. He's a little he's a little out there, Mm -hmm. but the dude knows how to make a dollar. So, um there's pros and cons because he also now has to be very careful about everything he does and says mm-hmm. everything he does and says on Twitter. Uh, and, and we've seen it, we've seen him go out and make a tweet and then watch Tesla's stock drop right? because he said something weird on Twitter. And, but we've also seen, he, he said something about some random company and he, I think he tagged the wrong company as another company with the same name. Mm-hmm. And just because he tweeted about that company that company uh, started doing really, really well. Mm-hmm. He just brought, and it, just one little tweet brought an insane amount of exposure to this little company because mm-hmm. that's how powerful Elon's brand is. And there's other examples. We talked about Amazon. Jeff Bezos has a, has a huge personal brand. He's mm-hmm. talking about colonizing Mars and whatnot. <laughs> um, 
So, and that can be fun and that can be, that can be very beneficial, but it can also, uh, it can also be detrimental. You got You really got to be careful at that point. You know, Jim, Jim Farley, is that his name? He, <laughs> my name's James. So that's about the only reason I even half remember this guy. He and then totally I'm, forgot. <laughs> <laughs> he, he could just about say whatever he wants on Twitter and it's probably not going to affect Ford's bottom line very much. Um, but Elon Musk has to be very careful about what he says. Right. Um, and this, and you don't have to just be a billion dollar company for that to be true. You could be a smaller company who, who maybe you're a small agency. You deal with companies just in your hometown. Um, and if you say something stupid <laughs> publicly, yeah. I mean, that can have a drastic effect on your, on your bottom line for your business as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I've definitely experienced that. No, like with Elon Musk and <laughs> Ford, <laughs> I see I forgot his name too Jim Farley <laughs> Jim Farley was that his name <laughs> um, we're talking about massive brands now what about brands led by either solopreneurs small business owners brands that are more um, like I would call like Elon Musk a macro influencer yep. he's huge but like on the smaller level what about a micro influencer or a micro mini influencer you know basically anybody less than 50,000 followers <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is most of us, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you and I were actually talking earlier about this a little bit and, um, you had mentioned that not everybody needs to have personal brand. And I totally agree with that. Um, it, I think it takes a, a certain kind of person to effectively grow and maintain a personal brand. Cause it's almost like having an extra job. I mean, if you imagine Elon Musk has to manage his Tesla and his own personal brand. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, he might have a guy though. If, I'm sure. <laughs> but it's, it's two things that are constantly on his mind. And so you have to ask yourself, do you want that? Or would you rather just focus on your business? Um, and kind of like uh, your business, who's Lance digital media. Stop it. <laughs> Okay, guys, Who's Lance Digital Media got shut down. Do not call me. So her previous business, <laughs> Who Lance Digital Media. Don't don't call me. I'm not in business. James, stop it. He's trying to pull me back in. I'm going to school to be a about. doctor, and he's trying to pull me back in. It's just and a great example of, of you're what so we're talking about. You're so full of BS, for real. <laughs> if you think about it. <laughs> Our producer's getting a kick out of us. Oh, I'm dying. I'm for dying. realsies. For realsies, though. Um, her, so the business is called Who's Lance? No, it's not. It was called Who's Thank Lance. Thank you. Your name Your name is not Lance. No, it's not. Uh, you weren't. You weren't. I didn't uh, even know anybody named Lance. I don't think I've ever. Lance Armstrong. And that's like the only. And Lance, Lance Bass from NSYNC. Right? Yeah. Those, forget uh, about, those are the two yeah. Lances I know of. Yeah. 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 That's not the question I was asking when I asked Who's Lance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the point uh if there is one was, <laughs> was that that was an example of a brand where you were focusing on the brand mm -hmm. uh, you weren't out there going hey hey come hire sarah you were out there saying hire who's lance right and and about i don't know halfway into my stint with who's lance um in all honesty, full transparency, guys, I've had a dream of being a physician since I was about nine years old. And so when I opened up Who's Lance, it was for the purpose of paying for school. And it just got bigger than I thought it would get. And so I dedicated more time to it. About halfway through Who's Lance, I got I took some, what I believe was not, it was um, advice that I should not have received for myself and created a personal brand. Um, the, I am, you know, I, to have some self-awareness, like, I, I really do think um, 
understanding like what your personal boundaries are and if you if you have a tendency to be overly transparent maybe personal brand is not for you mm-hmm. now for me i tell everybody everything i'm super transparent i have nothing to hide True. right <laughs> so me creating a personal brand was an absolute disaster <laughs> Yeah, it was terrible. People are like, "You're so unprofessional." I'm like, "Damn straight." <laughs> you have no idea. I'm a genius. I border on the crazy side. <laughs> Apparently, no. J- James thinks I'm a genius. I don't actually think that. Um, but, but for me, just like deploying that self awareness and and not to try to sound like Gary V, but just having that. Um, self-awareness and understanding that like personal brand is not for everyone. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, you have a personal brand anyway, so you might as well control the narrative. And I'm like, well, you don't actually have to be on the internet. You do not have to be on social media. You can keep your own personal sanity. I personally think it'll be super interesting. Like 10 years from now, I know this is off topic and James is looking at me like I'm a little crazy. He's like, back to branding. I'm like, wait, 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 time out. Um, (laughs) So um, I think it'll be interesting 10 years from now to see the repercussions that all of this um, self-absorption and false celebrity that we create because we're not mature enough to handle these platforms does like what that's going to do to us as even as a group of millennials and Gen Zers, um, you know, creating this air around us without contributing to society, this, this whole um, idea of look at me, look at me without giving a, without giving back, I think has created some interesting things in our society, which is why, and like James is like, but you like branding. I do like branding when it has a purpose. (laughs) For sure. Those yeah. are my thoughts. <laughs> I like those thoughts. Those are those are very thoughty thoughts. Um, you know, I I had a uh, personal brand of sorts um, for a couple years. My mom bought me a hat for Christmas three or four years ago. <laughs> I loved that hat. It's a great hat. It's it's a Google hat, and True. it's it's a beanie, so it's like a warm winter hat yes. with a fuzzy ball on the top. You were and known was, for that hat. Absolutely. It's, it's bright. It's like rainbow colored, like red, yellow, all the Google colors, mm-hmm. right? You were Stands the out guy. in a crowd. Mm-hmm. And I quickly unintentionally gained the nickname Google, Google hat, hat guy. guy. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. people, I mean, I'm not even joking. I would, this happened to me all the time. I am not a popular person by any means, but I would run into people out on, out in town and they would recognize me and I am so bad with names and faces. I would have no <laughs> idea who they are, but they would walk he right up to me. doesn't recognize me sometimes, guys. I, <laughs> right. I, I just don't know who they are. And they come up to me and they, and they just start having a conversation with me. And clearly I met them somewhere, you know, some networking event or something. Um, and, but they saw the hat and there's been other times I ran into a guy at Panera and we both looked at each other and we recognized each other, but we didn't know where I wasn't wearing the hat at the time. Mm. And we like, we, we made eye contact and we started talking. We're like, Hey, we know each other, but where from? And I'm like, I don't know. Have you been to 1 million cups or something? And he, and then he finally goes, yeah, that's, he goes, don't you normally have like a really bright colored hat on? <laughs> like it's insane what this hat did. Did, uh, did anybody ever think you like own Google? All, they people always think I work there <laughs> because I have other Google paraphernalia. I'm a product expert. Uh, it's a volunteer thing. I don't work for Google, but um, as a result, I have some shirts and whatnot, and and the hat, and and I've many people have have said, "Oh, do you work for Google?" Um, but the other thing is, then people start to assume that I know everything about Google. Oh yes, that's possible. And they're constantly <laughs> reaching out to me. Hey, can you help me with my Google Drive? 
can you help me with my Google this and my Google that? And and I was like, no, I don't know yeah. everything about Google. I just like some of their products. And so I'm a bit of a Google nerd and, and I have a weird looking hat. Um, and so that sort of became, you know, at, at first it was fun. I liked it. It also helped me stand out. I, my business card is a picture of me with that hat on it. And it every I get a lot of positive feedback on that. And it's, it helps me stand out in a pile of business cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and people remember me, even though I don't remember who they are. Um, but then it's cause you're so important. It's, yeah. Google well, it made me guy. feel that way, <laughs> but then it made people make assumptions about me that weren't necessarily true. So, mm-hmm. um, that's something you have to, well, that um, kind of became your brand too, is that like, even maybe that would be a, like a visual brand problem because the you know so the strategy what you you we're gonna shift into strategy now guys because Mm -hmm. he's full of bs we gotta talk strategy (laughs) so um in shifting from google hat guy to you being full of bs what caused you to like i'm imagining that the google hat contributed to the pivot but what else just caused you to want to pivot into brand strategy and really honing that so actually the, um, what really started it, it's been sort of a slow, um, transition. It wasn't something that happened overnight, but, um, so I'd been, I'd been freelancing as a web developer for three or so years and the business was growing, but I was becoming, uh, fairly dis disenfranchised with the web development, uh, industry and where it's going. Uh, to me, it seems like it's just going more and more towards DIY and um, paying people uh, like on Fiverr or whatever, like a hundred bucks to build a website. And it's just, it's becoming increasingly difficult to con- convince people that what I do has worth. hundred bucks? Do you have that person's number? I know, right? <laughs> I need to start outsourcing to, to these people. Right. But I just don't like where the the web development industry is going. It's becoming harder and harder to compete. Everybody's taking a course on udemy.com and calling themselves a web developer and the DIY solutions like Wix are just getting better and better. So Mm -hmm. I thought I started thinking I need to, I need to pivot a little bit, at least um, just from a business standpoint, I need to find another way to make money because I don't believe that 10 years from now that web development is going to be a great way to make money. I need to be able to do other things. And so um, around this time, I've been thinking this, uh, having these thoughts, but having no solution to them, just thinking, boy, I need to do something, but not knowing what, and then I started uh, watching things on YouTube other than video games and woodworking videos. I actually started <laughs> watching some business-related videos, oh. particularly one uh, called The Future. Mm-hmm. And it's run by a guy named Chris Doe who has a background in graphic design. Um, and he and then he pivoted to- more towards uh, full brand development. And his whole YouTube channel's whole goal is to help uh, – you with the he he says it's to help you with the business of design. So he's not helping you be a better designer, but he helps people grow their business mm-hmm. and actually make a profitable business in the design world. Um, and so he's had a bunch of guests on. I mean he he's had Marty Newmeyer, who I mentioned earlier. Um, I've seen a couple of videos with him, and he's had Fabian Geierhalter on a couple times, um, and just a few a few other people who have a lot of really great things to say about brand strategy, which is something that I had never really heard of or thought of before. Again, I've heard the word brand. And before I started watching these YouTube videos, I also would have used the word brand synonymously with logo or company. Um, and I just started watching these videos. I started reading their books. Marty's got a couple books. Fabian's got a few books. I'm reading them all. 
And um, it just sort of opened my eyes to this whole world of opportunity that was out there mm-hmm. that not a lot of people are talking about, but is incredibly important. And I think, you know, when then when you start looking at companies and wondering why they're so successful, uh, you start to realize that a lot of it has to do with their brand. And you, whether it was intentional or in the beginning or not, it certainly is intentional now. I mean, you look at Apple and they almost failed and went out of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought Steve Jobs back after they fired him and Steve Jobs saved the company. Well, mm-hmm. how did he save the company? Well, uh, he, from what I've been, what I believe is his time working on uh, Pixar, was it? Mm-hmm. Pic- yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he learned a lot in that experience. And I think, because when you look at, when you look at Apple's marketing before Steve Jobs got fired, we're talking long pages of technical jargon. Mm-hmm. And then you wonder why the computer failed and nobody bought it. And then you look at their marketing uh, after Steve Jobs comes back and it's like one line, think different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yep. mean, he took like a nine page garbage marketing, you know, document that obviously didn't work. Nobody bought the computer. And then he comes in and he changes it all to one line, think different. Mm-hmm. And fast forward to today and Apple's one of the most profitable companies yeah. in the world. With a cult like following. Abs- exactly. And I'm you part don't, of it. I'm part of it, guys. You don't, you don't get a cult like following by just having a good product. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are other good computers out there. You can get a really nice computer from Dell, HP, for Lenovo, less expensive, for less money. Yeah. Um, but none of those companies has a cult following like Apple. Nobody mm-hmm. like Dell. They're all to me. They're all the same. Dell, Lenovo, HP. Uh, I can't even think of all their names. There's so many different computer makers Asus, out there. Asus, um, Acer, mm-hmm. Toshiba. They are all literally the same exact thing in my mind. The one thing that stands out is I like HP's new logo. <laughs> I think it's really cool. Brand. It's like just four lines that make an H and a P. It's so cool. Visual but, brand. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, they're all the same. And Apple stands out like nobody's business. And it's all about their brand. And they worked very hard to cultivate that over the years. And it's working very, very well. And I forget what the original point was and what we were talking about. <laughs> we were talking about brand strategy. So even something as different as simplifying. Um, because in a world that's complicated and noisy, a simple, clean brand, which is one of the reasons why your van, your van, your brand visual. <laughs> I don't have a van. <laughs> <laughs> wise. Yeah. Um, your brand visual actually sticks out because it's simple. It's clean. It's I love BS. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Even, even look at Apple's logo. It used to be a little rainbow apple and now it's just a white apple. I mean, Mm -hmm. they simplified it Mm -hmm. and branding doesn't have to be complex. In fact, it probably works best when it's simple. You look at Nike, their logo is a check mark. I would love to know how much they paid for that. Probably a lot, Mm -hmm. a a lot more than anyone's ever paid me. It was so popular in the early nineties that everybody started doing their eyebrows that way. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That, Right. Not going to lie, when my sister went to beauty school, I oh. was I was her eyebrow dummy. My eyebrows totally still look like that. <laughs> that is, that's amazing. Guys, I'm super stylish. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Okay, so brand strategy. When I put those two words together, what do you think? Yeah, so brand strategy, you know, if if you're going off of Marty's definition of brand, which is a gut feeling, then brand strategy is the act of trying to influence that gut feeling. Mm -hmm. You can't control it, of course, but um, you can absolutely do a lot of things to influence it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and your, your goal with brand strategy, 
is to, you know, it's brand strategy encompasses everything, marketing, sales, uh, your hiring process, product development, um, all that stuff is, is under the umbrella of brand strategy. And your goal is always to be on brand. Mm -hmm. That way you can build a cult following. Mm -hmm. Um, when you start doing things that are off brand, you start to lose that cult following. You might gain some more customers, but you're probably going to lose more than what you gained. I mean, just imagine if Apple started selling $200 laptops to compete with Blech. Dell and the other, right? That's exactly. What? Why would I buy a $200 laptop from Apple? An iPad mini isn't even 200 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like that would be so incredibly off brand. They might get a few customers because some people would be like, oh, finally I can afford an Apple computer. But then their cult following is going to be like, oh, great. Now Apple's just another yeah. Dell or Toshiba What did or you do to this to make it 200 bucks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what are you, yeah. So you should always be, and I say this, and I know it's not good for, for my business, but I always tell people, look, you don't have to hire a brand strategist um, right away. If you're starting a new business, and you're especially if you're bootstrapping it, you don't have a lot of money, I'm not saying you should go out and pay someone, you know, 15 grand, 20 grand to help you develop a brand. Um, but from day one, you should be... Uh, working on your brand. Mm -hmm. You should be thinking about your brand. Every decision you make from coming up with the name mm -hmm. of your business, mm -hmm. uh, you should already have started thinking about brand before you even came up with a name. Um, it's, it's just so important because if you don't do that, what you'll find is that um, five years in, mm -hmm. you're going to realize that you have a brand. <laughs> yes. And it might not be the brand you wanted. Right. And now you have to try to change it. And that can be, that can be work. Yes. And um, so the moral of the story is if you know that you will create a brand, start by creating a brand. Exactly. Again, if you're creating a personal brand, um, use some self-awareness. Personal brands are not for everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. So I understand that everybody has a person, but personal brands are not for everybody. Just trust me. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Alex, uh, how long have we been uh, talking over here? You're about 30 minutes. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you guys for listening. This has been a load of BS. Yes. Uh, my name is James again. With me again is Sarah. Don't say it. The human. I thank who you. Who does stuff <laughs> that I'm not allowed to talk stuff. about. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I don't mind if you say like that. I used to, but like, okay. I just don't want any calls. We're learning. We're I don't learning. want any calls. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. A-S.